It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. What is the name of this podcast? Hey, listeners, this is only episode 900 and something. You can't expect me to get it right every time. Welcome to the Child Care Barn Girl Podcast. Jeff Johnson coming to you from old number six along the Gulf of Mexico with us from the Hawaii, Samantha Balch. Samantha, you've got a story. Go. I do. So my story is up until two days ago, or maybe a day ago, because the international date line confuses me, uh, I was in Japan. And I was there for 12 days with my husband who had never been to Japan before. I had been back in a long time. So super cool. Super fun to be there. Ate a lot of things. Saw a lot of really great things. Uh, And something I learned while I was there that I have a question about. I am putting this out into the universe in hopes that someone else will also help me answer this question. So I am at a hundred yen store, which is functionally a dollar store depending on the exchange rate. And walking around the 100 yen store, and there are these, everything in Japan is cute, as you may know. Um, And there are these little sandwich bags. And on one sandwich bag is a picture of a manatee. And on top of that, it says dugong. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. Like, I would call that a manatee, but sure, it could be a dugong if it wants. And then another one, are you familiar with the creature called an axolotl? Um, No. Today the exchange rate is today today the exchange rate is uh, 131 yen to the dollar. Yeah, it's a great exchange rate if you want to go to Japan right now. Everything is cheap. Uh, <laughs> we we ate as much sushi as we wanted for 18 American dollars. It's incredible. Uh, but back on topic, go yes. look up an axolotl. You're familiar with those little creatures? Um, no. He's googling. It sounds like something that's very complicated to spell too. A X O L Oh, okay. But the story doesn't make any sense unless you look up what this cute little creature looks like. It's important that you know how cute it is. Okay, I listeners, if you're not, most you know, there are listeners that are driving right now that are stopping but to look do up. Do not do this while you drive. Do this at home. Anyway, so, okay. Cute, cute so creature. Say, it's, it's a cute little amphibian. It always, it kind of like perpetually looks like it's smiling. It's pink, usually. It's got like these little frilly bits. Um, and on top of that one, where it has the name, it says Whooper Looper. Ah. So I burst out laughing in the middle of the 100 yen store because what does this mean? This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. What is a Whooper well, Looper? Go- what the is a Whooper Looper? Well, then I go to another store and they have socks with axolotls on them. And above the socks 
it on the sock it says whooper looper so now i think i am in the midst of some sort of elaborate prank or something has happened in japan that i am not aware of so i am frantically i mean both, googling... both those things could be true yeah both of those things could be true so I'm frantically Googling Whooper Looper. You don't get any results for Whooper Looper. That is a nonsense phrase. But then I changed my search terms a little bit. I found exactly one post on the internet that claims that in Japan, axolotls are commonly known as Whooper Loopers because of a yakisoba commercial in 1985. And I would love for someone to please confirm this because I watched the commercial and they do say whoop. It's on YouTube. They do say whooper looper. But you cannot find any other information about this. I have yet to see any other Japanese translation that is so delightfully hilarious. Someone please come to me with the etymology of this. Listeners, that's 228-366737 if you have a solution for Sam and her, her cute little or, amphibious Japanese creature. If you have other delightful translations of silly creatures, I would love to know them. <laughs> hey, listeners, you never know what you're going to get when you turn on the child care bar and grill. So, Sam, you I chose mentioned... this, listeners. You chose yeah, this. Yeah. You, 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 didn't, you didn't push pause. You're still listening, and and you're gonna to want to hear this, listeners. Um, we're gonna get back to that voicemail from uh from from Larissa in a, in a minute. But uh, Sam, I told you we we moved again the other day, and while we're you moving did. in, I had my I said I also told you I'm drinking more water, right? And so yeah, um, a lot more. Yeah. So so my my go to water bottle is is this. Um, I, I've got my sure. I've got my absolute uh, vodka water bottle, so I can just pull the cork sure, out. Pretty big. And take a swig. And so we were we're moving stuff into the the new place, the the clothes and the dogs and that kind of stuff. And and there's a a dude, neighbor dude that was we're chatting with. And I made sure that I was I was taking big, big, big hits off my my vodka bottle where we're we're walking in and and, and I just made sure I was carrying the water bottle, the vodka bottle back and forth with me, just and, and busted down half a half a 750 mil um bottle of uh water so he thinks i'm he thinks i'm hitting the vodka really hard doesn't doesn't say a thing um nice. and i just i just want him to have that that impression of me that i'm just i'm just swilling that i'm a that i'm a the real first, hound. <laughs> the first of all you can drink an entire bottle of absolute and not get drunk and still be able to physically move objects in and out of your house See, I think what you're doing now is you're creating sort of an aura of fear and respect around mm -hmm. yourself. Because yeah. look at that man drinking out of the vodka bottle. Boy, he drinks a lot out of that vodka bottle. But he seems so normal. Wow, what a power. Yeah. If, if anybody asks, you should just tell them, yeah, alcohol doesn't really have an effect on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, it never really um, has, yeah. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start carrying it around the neighborhood with me now, I think, too, just to... Maybe maybe those maybe those ladies who are trying to kidnap me and my dogs will yes. see it in my water bottle and think I'm yes. I'm uh, I'm an easier mark. Uh, let's get back to uh, Larissa and Larissa! her uh, her voicemail. Oh, listeners, last time Sam and I were together, Larissa called. She had some questions about water play. We did a whole episode about that. 
let's jump back in with her. Another thing is I'm a strictly butter and syrup person on my waffle. Okay, so Sam. Let's jump back came, in with that first. This, yeah, we gotta, you know, we gotta talk waffles. Lisa <laughs> and I talked about this a, a while ago. Um, and I and I asked people to check in on it. Uh, Lisa's kind of a, a butter and syrup person on her waffles. I, I'll tell you what. What's your? What do you have? Do you are you a waffle? Do you eat waffles? Who have you can? Do you? I do. Okay. I do, and I feel I do feel like we talked about this. I can do both, but I usually just prefer prefer either or either the butter or the syrup. I usually prefer just the syrup. Just the syrup. Okay. And I am a, I, I'm butter and peanut butter would be my go-to That's for right. waffles. Yeah. Yeah. I will say recently, Ooh, this is very bougie. I recently had pistachio cream on a waffle. That was really nice. If anybody's pistachio looking to be fancy. Pistachio cream. Yeah. So what color is it? Oh, it's, it's a horrifying green. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. I think I tried oh, it yeah. just for the color. All right. So, any, so anybody else uh, want to check in with their waffle toppings? That's 228-363-6737. Oh, we're, we're, we're talking listeners. Sam, we were in a restaurant the other day, and uh, and uh, from a couple of booths behind me, I hear poop, 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 poop. Um, from from the mouth of a a young a young child and I and I just I I I text messaged myself a note about that so I remember to mention in a podcast for listener Pam who uh, is always eating lunch when we mention poop on the show and then and about That's fifteen right. minutes Sorry, later Pam. well fifteen minutes later the uh, the same girl was pee 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 um Great. and then they left she saw him walking out must have been about six and from the tone of her voice she was doing it. Just to annoy her mother, which I I thought was I thought was delightful. So uh, um, always the, appreciate the that language, listeners. Remember, language is is loose parts. If you sure if is. you look at it that way, something you can play with. Uh, back to this voicemail. We'll get into the meaty part now. Um, also, um, just as uh, with mom of as a mom of a two year old, I'm wondering how best to have conversations with. Um, teachers in the future uh, in regards to maybe trying to enlighten them to um, I don't know my concerns of activity level I guess uh, because I've done some research into the school district that he's going to have to go into and uh, the kindergarten recess is only about 30 minutes so I wish um, Larissa would have been my mom and went and talked to one of my teachers and had two fucks to rub together about anything that was going on with Jeff concerning concerning activity levels or anything else in in school. And and look, I was young at the time; maybe it didn't happen. But I think back in the in the seventies and eighties, parents were were really a lot more hands off when it came to school than than maybe they are now. Um, and maybe that's because the internet exists now and it's easier to stay in touch with teachers and ask questions because you can email them and and go to the school website. But I, I don't I don't feel that there are a lot of parents reaching out to teachers about anything back in back in the day. Was it was it different when you were growing up, Sam? 
really know. I'd have to ask my parents, my mother mostly. I don't think my dad would have reached out to the school for anything. But I, I have, I do have memories of, of like my mom volunteering at school and things like that. So I know she was at least connected with some people, but um, I also placed a lot of my value as a child on being a quote, good girl unquote so mm-hmm. uh i would there was really nothing my mother would have ever said to anyone about <laughs> me because i was quote a good girl maybe she'd be like hey is that is that sam is that just an act can you i think can you maybe get her to be i don't know anything else i i i think let's put this on put this put this in your notes i think we need to get your mom on the show sometime oh uh, my um, mom would love that and by love that i mean it, so pause for a second it would be very confusing for viewers because you would have two of the same person and then jeff on the show so <laughs> I, I, if you want to get my grandma in on it too we can That'd be i great. think your your mom and i could bond over our our love of uh jimmy smith's and jimmy his smith. uh, absolutely and his, and his butt um let's get back to this call well you know what we should do that as a mother's day episode sure, yeah, i'll yeah, just bring my mom on yeah that would be delightful well, I mean, let me re- you know what they do and the and the good thing, the good podcast, they rewind a little bit before they go back to the call. Yeah, the garden recess is only about 30 minutes. Uh, I'm really hoping that it's not the case, but uh, I'm just trying to get into what some pointers and how to talk to educators because uh, I don't want to be disrespectful, uh, but I also want to enlighten them. Uh, so um, awesome podcast. I've listened to a couple of different podcasts that y'all put on. Enjoy them. Um, thanks. Have a good one, Jeff. So, Larissa, for, I mean, thanks for calling. Thanks for saying nice stuff. Let's talk about this. Thanks new- for enjoying our podcast. <laughs> I mean, I know I'd like to know what episodes people listen to so we can do more of those. Um, so I, I know exactly what episodes people listen to and I know when they listen. I know I know where in the world they are listeners. Yeah, like we that. also know, we sometimes we know really specifically where they listen and we might rather not. So. Yeah. Um, so um, talking to talking to teachers and, and parents and research, resource and recess and all this stuff. Um, so Larissa, one of the things I want to throw out right away is you should check out the book um it's okay to go up the slide um heather shoemaker's second renegade rules book because she gets into a lot of school age stuff in that book and in fact and and the in the um appendix she's got some sample letters for contacting teachers and schools about things like recess and homework and those kind of things. So there's a lot of good resources there. Um, Heather and I did a, a show together for a while, the Renegade Rules podcast. And so some of the things that are in that book get covered in episodes there, but it's a it's a great book and a a a pretty delightful read. So there's a lot of a lot of good stuff there for as as far as resources go. So T Sam, you're a, technically a teacher in a that's what they call me school um so how how would you want how would you how how would parents go about talking to you um the one thing i ask is that you don't talk to me at drop off like i'm busy let me leave i'm busy i have to corral them um that's really my only thing about talking to a teacher is like find a good time right so if there's an open house that might be a really good time um 
you know, if there's like a kindergarten open house or if there's like a pre, like a before school meeting, I know some schools do that. That's a really good time to bring that kind of thing up. Highly encourage that. Um, I think, I think this is a great conversation in person, but also because that allows you to read body language because this is the kind of conversation and I, uh, right, I've seen it go both ways before, right? I've seen it go, a teacher has never really considered this and is on your team, but didn't know it. And it's like, yeah, 30 minutes of recess is crazy. Like, why, why have we been doing that? You know, I, I, you know, I, I let them go outside at other times, but I never considered like advocating for this big structural change. And then I've seen it go, seen it go the other way of, I've been teaching for X number of years and these kids need to learn that they have this amount of time to play and this amount of time to work. So that is what we're doing. And I've seen the body language in those conversations. You, I feel like that's a really great giveaway at the beginning of which way a person is leaning. Are they open to talking about it with you? Are they, is this a completely new concept to them or are they going to shut you down no matter how much evidence you bring to the table? Um, oh, until you talk to them, my own, but the only reason I would say like, don't, I wouldn't do this as an email first is just because I don't know. You don't want to give them that much time to think about it, (laughs) but I would rather have, I would rather have a teacher's initial reaction to it as opposed to waiting two or three days for them to email me back and then they've got like all of the stuff like quotes from the district about what our timelines are and why they have to be that way like that's not what I'm looking for I'm not looking for the reason why you do it why you only have 30 minutes I'm looking for the reason why you don't have more time like I I don't care how much time is necessary for reading and math instruction I care about what does this school district say about young children and physical activity and why is that what they say and what do you as a teacher know about that and how does that impact your practice are you a teacher who sees that rule agrees to that rule and also goes around that rule all the time that would be the kind of teacher I am I technically only have an hour recess every day but I'm outside for about three and a half hours with the children so maybe you'll get lucky in that way they'll be like oh yeah that's what it says but you know we do x y z so i totally agree about the pick up and drop off time that that is don't do it then it, it, it it's, it's just going to be stressful for everybody the other thing i would add to that is avoid those those conversations when if, if you're talking about something specifically about your kid avoid those conversations when your kid is standing there because that yep. just, it's hard to talk about a kid when your kid is standing there listening to that conversation. Um, I almost, I, and I've got in my notes is about, it, should this be a, a conversation or should this be in writing? Because for, for me, I think a lot of parents feel intimidated by teachers. That is true. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe do having the first approach um, at pickup time or drop off time is say, Hey, I've got a concern. I'm going to, I'm going to send you an email later. Um, I think that's a, that I, that I would say is a good, is a good compromise between those two things, because it's 
like you don't you definitely don't want to blindside a teacher with that kind yeah. of email like, like yeah. giving them a heads up and like hey it's not you know it's something bad or whatever yeah. like i i want i i've been having some thoughts about like water play you, you, outside play research right. play whatever it is and i wanted to send you an email you know it'll be in your inbox later respond when you know whenever you have a chance yeah, like that and, and, already and, takes a ton of pressure off yeah and it's explaining i don't want to i don't want to i know you're busy now and i don't want to suck up your time but i also want to make sure i i get it worded right so i'm going to send it in an email yeah. and then and then and and, and then you, you outline your things and in in that email and you you have you have somebody proofread it for you or or you have somebody that's on the same page as you are um, you text it to the child care bar and grill hotline. Yeah. We proofread yeah, it for you, you. You send it to 228-363-6737. I'd be happy to give it a look. And then and then you send that and then you make sure that and 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 if and you make sure you put in the offer to have that that face-to-face conversation if it's something they want to do. I think the another reason I like the idea of of written based communication for this stuff is that you end up with a written record of of what that person tells you because especially if it's one of those look there are great teachers out there and there are horrible teachers out there and if you happen to be in a situation where your child is in a classroom with somebody who you think might not be the best of teachers having written documentation about how they're replying to you can be can be valuable in 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 situations where you where you have to go above their heads to have things addressed. Having that I do I do definitely agree with that. I I was I was actually going to suggest anytime you have an in person conversation, you send a follow up email, and it can be a bullet pointed list. And you just it's just hey, you know, Mister So and So, thanks so much for talking with me today. We talked about these things. I'm excited, you know we're looking for like, we're looking ahead to doing this thing, or I was going to research this, or you had mentioned this as a concern. Uh, again, thanks so much for talking with me. Even if you hate their guts, you know, it's really like, the more data you have, the better. Yeah, yeah. And I totally agree with you about the, the value of that, that face to face, because you do get the body language there. And, and, and it's, it's a lot easier. And for some people that can be terrifying too because because uh, i completely understand a lot of us weren't perfect children in school like sam and (laughs) and have and have adversarial views towards towards school and and teachers because of our 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 lived experience as students absolutely and and that's very important and like i i would even say like don't don't try and mask that or hide that or whatever. Like you can say sure. like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm glad I'm sending you this email. I am also nervous because you are, you know, you are the teacher in the classroom, you are the professional uh, and I want to collaborate with you as the parent, right? Like you're trying, you're trying to do this in a way where it's like, you terrify me, but also I need you to know these things and I do want to work with you, but you terrify me. So how do we collaborate? and I think the hardest part about that is when you get a teacher that has no interest in collaborating with parents and does not because see because you they as... enjoy the fact that they're terrifying. Yes, they enjoy the terror. Oh, and, I and I mean, they, they exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think. No, no, no. I think there are people are... that love the power. 
Yeah, I think those were my teachers, uh, you know, kindergarten through about uh, ninth grade. Um, Bro, what was going on in the 70s? Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think there, I need polyester fumes. I don't know. There, I don't know what it is. What it um, a lot of a lot of co cocaine at the at the PTA meetings. I don't know. Um, I got a couple other things on my list here. I got I've got uh, spend time in the classroom as preparatory work for asking your questions. Um, going going into the classroom as a volunteer. Um, you know, just helping out a little bit. It gets it gives you a a better read on the dynamics of the classroom, the personality of the teacher, the flow of the day. Um, not always an easy thing to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, because most parents, uh, have, have obligations that, that make that kind of challenging for them, but anytime you can spend uh, observing in that classroom and I mean, open houses are great and all that kind of stuff, but anytime you but can be in that classroom. when the kids class- are there, it's very different. Yeah. yeah when you can be in that and classroom that, when it's in action. Um, and that'll also help you you know, under, get to understand that teacher's dynamic with the children more. Um, I can say confidently as someone who has had many volunteers in my classroom, uh, I do not have the energy to put up an act when there's someone new in my classroom. I am just myself. I am the same as I always am because I'm like, I, I can't put on some sort of like different aura around the children. Like, this is the person that I am. I am the same as I always am. Like, I, I don't think you'll find someone that is like all of a sudden putting on an act of like being really sweet and kind if they're not usually like that especially if you're in a kindergarten classroom with 25 kindergartners that's i mean if someone can do that mad props to them but and and you you, i I think you i think you might see them trying um yeah and and i think yeah and i think it it becomes readily um apparent when what you're observing isn't what the normal behavior is because um you get confused looks from kids right and they go what or why are we doing that that's my and favorite I, I mean, when they when they absolutely rat out another teacher we don't do that yeah yeah i and i totally remember that from like second and third grade where i mean like i think it was like once a quarter or something the principal would come in and sit in the room for an hour doing teacher observations and 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 the the whole dynamic of the the classroom would change because the teacher was being watched by by her boss yep. and and yep. we were very it's confused. So um, so spend so, time in that classroom. Um, and then the the other thing I was going to say about that is that in the same way that you know we have we always like we're doing like the five whys about children's behavior, right? Like why are they doing that? Well, why are they doing that? Well, why is that what's happening? Like to get to the heart of it, you might find that there's something completely different at play than this teacher doesn't understand child development. It might be that there, this is a classroom of 25, there's no aid, this is a first year teacher, right? And they are up to their eyeballs in things they have to do and they're clearly flustered and trying their best, but completely overwhelmed. And it's not that they don't want your kid to get the time outside or to have water play or to have sensory experiences, it's that they don't have the resources to implement it. So then, You've got a whole new angle for how you're going to try and make this work. So I think being in the classroom is probably the biggest thing you can do before you have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And another another before that conversation thing I've got on my list is is to to research, know your, know your position, research, do your homework. Write um, a position paper. Yeah, yeah. Listen um, to this podcast. 
Look, you can you can find AI that'll write your position paper for you. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, look, there's information out there. If 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 it's if it's um if it's recess time or homework or 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 whatever whatever the you know the amount of time the the way they're teaching Water reading play, whatever sharing, it is yeah yeah whatever it is you can find information and um, knowing what your position on those things is clearly and feeling comfortable with with your knowledge i mean look anytime you can give yourself a little bit more knowledge about something you're gonna you're gonna be better armed and especially if you feel intimidated by having that conversation yeah. having that having that information is gonna gonna make you feel a little bit better um i think when when it comes to comes to engaging i think a, a great way to to have have that engagement start is just asking questions and not mm-hmm. not not accusatory questions, but just I'm trying to get some information question here. Why why is why are these little people who need to move only spending 30 minutes of recess a day? And and look, you'll you'll probably want to work. I mean, look, I think I think I sound like a dick every time I try to come up with a question. Uh, See, I was like, gonna say, I was gonna say, consider phrasing that question like, how much recess time do they get? Oh, was that a district decision? Is that a school level decision? As if you are literally just gathering data, you might already know the answer to that. But people tend to volunteer information for you. So you might get an answer that, you know, yeah, that's decided by the school because we only have X number of aides that can watch children on the playground while teachers have to take their contractually obligated break or whatever. Right. And then, oh, good. Now I have more information. Maybe it's not this teacher doesn't want it. Maybe it's that this school is severely underfunding their staff. So like ask. I'm trying to think of how I would phrase it. Like, I guess it's always like assume there's you're going to disagree with me. Assume there's good intentions on behalf of the other party. Like they're not not on your team until they tell you. Like, sure. Um, like. You know, hey, why is that what's happening? I'm noticing that when, you know, little Jaden comes home, you know, he's got, he's bursting at the seams just to move his body. We're going to soccer. We're going, you know, we're going on walks as a family. And he talks a lot about sitting still at school. You know, how's he doing with that? Oh, how often is that happening? Like, he's kind of digging for it because a a skillful teacher will pick up on what you're really asking Uh, and if they're not picking up on what you're really asking then you now have a lot of information to say so if this isn't a school level decision to only have 30 minutes of recess is there any room to look at adding more because of xyz reasons i i totally agree with you about about assuming good intentions um okay that's good I do disagree with you about asking questions you already know the answer to. Uh, we talk on the show all the time about don't ask kids questions. You know, I Indeed, mean, if, we do. if you if you know that the uh, that the uh, cup is is green, you, there's no reason to ask a three year old what color it is because I mean, so but why are I we asking adults questions we know the answer to? Because I'm not trying. I'm not trying to quiz the adult. I'm trying to make the other adult feel like they're in the position of power. I'm trying to flip it so that it's not coming off as an inquisition. Because if I come at them with all the information and with a binder full of research about why kids need more recess time, 
there is a decent chance that's going to backfire based on whatever kind of personality. Like if I come up to, if the teacher has a very defensive personality, that could implode completely in my face. So again, this is personal. I choose to come at this angle of, let me talk to you, even though I've done a little bit of research and I know a lot of these answers, A, because I want to see if you offer up any other information, and B, I want you to feel like we are, like, I'm not coming at you to attack you. I, I don't want you to even vaguely get that impression from me. Again, I'm just a people-pleasing good child, so. Mm, I'd go in with my full binder and say, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> And that is a valid strategy. Just to be clear, all of these strategies are valid. I'm just telling you all what I, as a very anxious person who is concerned with being liked, do. And and, and I, as a almost uh, hermit, probably not the person <laughs> to take advice on and how to, how to deal with deal with other human beings. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's, it's, it's nuanced, is what it is. Exactly. I think, I think having a having... delicate dance. Yeah, having thoughtful questions, um, but the other the other part of, about having questions is is really listening to the answers. I mean, we yeah. all this isn't. I mean, look, this isn't. This, this we're not covering any new ground here, but uh, and and not only listening to the words that they type or say to you in response, but paying attention to that body language and and stuff Sam was talking about earlier is 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 valuable here because then you get the real the real read if they're if they're trying and open to ideas and suggestions and change or if they are trying to just get you to leave them the fuck alone right and that gives you a lot more information for whatever your next step is going to be in that situation like if there are you know higher ups that you can get involved if there's more research you wanted to do if, if it sparked another question about the way the classroom maybe is set up or being run. Um, yeah, I th and then again, I mean, just keeping as much of a record as you can of conversations that happen with teachers, just so you have them for yourself. And I will say as a teacher, I love when parents email me recaps because I don't freaking remember all I talk about. Yeah. Like, I, I got no, this, my brain is noodles, man. I don't know what's going on. So... <laughs> really love it when people give me reminders love that when they're like so this is what we talked about and you had mentioned you know and we'll you know we'll circle back on you know two weeks from now I'm like oh thank god now I know what day I'm supposed to have this stuff by. or yeah. you know if I was going to try something new or if we were going to implement a different strategy in the classroom or if I was going to give someone something that's always super great um and then I'm just a be nice in, well, in, like, I, yeah. as much as you can in, in general like in any conversation just, you know try you can be nice and still be very passionate about your stance as we've learned from this podcast um so I'm definitely just you know be polite like don't maybe don't don't be a don't be a don't be a Jeff don't be a Jeff I didn't say Jeff <laughs> I said dick Jeff implied that that meant Jeff 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 knows the job the the role he plays on this podcast. Um, one one other thing I've got on the list is is be specific. Um, mm -hmm. So it, and coming in and I guess that that grows out of doing your homework because if you can hone right. in on one little thing, 
like one 30 minute recess during the day, even, even breaking that 30 minute recess up into two 15 minute recesses um, might be beneficial because that gets some more freedom during the day, but also um, that involves more transition time. So there's more wasted mm -hmm. time in there that they spend, they, they end up with 40 wasted. minutes outside instead of, uh, instead of 30. Um, but, but focus on that. Don't go, don't go in a list with, with 30 things that are wrong with a classroom. Yeah. Uh, because focus that's going to be overwhelming. Yeah, focus on one thing and and be specific about that, and that gives you a a anchor point to work from. I think the the other thing I will say is absolutely there is power in numbers. I'm not saying go in as an angry mob, but like Jeff said, like get somebody to proofread your email. If there are other parents or other caregivers that feel the same way, talk with them. Have these conversations with them. Have any of them talked to that teacher before? Do any of them know something about the dynamic of the school that you don't know? You know, do they want to co-sign an email? Like as several of us have been talking, like that can also be like, I know some people also absolutely hate that. And I completely understand that. But if that feels comforting to you to, you know, have some other person that you're bouncing the ideas off of to know there's somebody else in your corner, like absolutely seek that person out to try and workshop how you want to approach it together. Yeah, yeah, and I I agree with Sam about about being nice. I mean, it's just it's just easier and more likely at least to start out that way. Um, it, it might yeah. turn adversarial later, but start out being pleasant. At least but you I'll, tried. Yeah, but also I've got on the list is is uh, along with being pleasant. Um, you've got to put on that air of confidence. And yeah. we touched on that with the the fact that some of us are are feeling intimidated by teachers and that kind of stuff. But if you if you've done your homework and and you've thought about the topic, um, okay. it makes you approach things with more confidence. And look, you're interested in reading their body language, but they are also reading yours. And if you Absolutely. walk in and you you have that confident air about you, there's going to be more of a a chance that you're taking seriously. I would I would think. Oh, um, absolutely. I can yeah. say that as a teacher, when parent like when parents come to me. So in in my current role, I have an awful lot of meetings. You know, there's a lot of meetings. Um, and when parents walk into a meeting confident about what they want to talk about and the goals they have for their child and how they are, they're feeling about how the program is going for their child. I feel more confident about giving them answers, about answering their questions, about having the conversation with them when they are in a generally pleasant mood, when they are being, you know, when they come to the meeting, just being nice, not like on their phone, you know, yelling yeah. or, you know, slamming their things down when they sit. I'm way more comfortable and I'm way more open to talking things through and figuring out solutions together. Cause at the end of the day, I do think most people want to work together. Maybe I'm being sure. too optimistic. Um, sure. I mean, and, at least that should, that should be our assumption as at the starting point. Right. Like and, we want to work together. We want to figure this out because the teacher of the 25 kindergartners doesn't want them running around in the classroom when it's, you know, circle time or whatever. And you want your child doing things that are developmentally appropriate. So maybe there's just a disconnect that hasn't been threaded yet. And as soon as, you know, we all realize that this is going to make everything better. Yeah. Be yeah. And, and one, one of the other reasons that, that I mentioned spending time in that classroom is that that is opportunity to build that, that teacher parent relationship. 
and like like everything else, it's all about the relationships. If you're if you're spending an hour a week in that in that classroom volunteering or sitting and reading or or helping out at uh, at recess time or whatever it is, that that parent the teacher is going to get a read on you, and you're going to have a a relationship that hopefully is going to make it easier to approach them with this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I really hope you all get teachers that are like cool and willing to talk about stuff. Because it is it is a craft that's very easy to get defensive of, right? It's very, very easy. I would say, I would say most teachers, I mean myself definitely at times, you know, get very they get very defensive over the way they run their classrooms and the things that happen. And well, nobody's had a problem with it before. So why are you coming in and trying to cause trouble? Like that is that is a very old song. Yeah. Yeah. I got one final thing on the list, and that is that um you, you shouldn't you should be willing to move up the food chain um, with with your concerns if they're and and look the classroom teacher might not be the person to take it to and Sam has made that clear um, right. if 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 you look teachers usually don't decide how much recess time they get and yeah. a lot of teachers would like their kids to have more research research recess yeah. time and so that might be a principal thing that might be a a school board superintendent thing that might be a school board thing um I I, I guess I guess what I'm saying Larissa is you need to run for school board yeah um, why not that but no being, being able to go to, Larissa go being able to make sure you 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 take the topic to the the person who's actually got some influence over it is 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 probably something you need to need to decide if you're going to do because the, there's a good percentage of the time I would I would guess that the parent and the teacher might be on the same page about the issue absolutely and and it is something that they might feel that is out of both of their hands and for that teacher to speak up and make waves is often more challenging we'll say than for a parent to do it because yes. the the teacher has to live in the ecosystem of that building or that district and 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 look there's all kinds of ways they can burn the ass of a teacher that uh that gets a little bit ram rambunctious sure. um parents I, I think schools and districts are actually a, a little bit scared of parents, especially. Oh, they're not a little bit. They're freaking terrified of y'all. Especially no, 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 after no, the last couple of election cycles. There, there are, there are a lot of parents out there that are, that are throwing some chaos and good or bad into, into school districts. And, um, and so knowing that, that you as a parent might talk to three or four other parents and then show up at the, the open house or the school board meeting and voice your concerns. It, it, it parents have a lot more power than they often think they have. I think is the yeah. the way to sum it up. And and I I would add on to that the majority of principals, superintendents, school board school board members, etc. Know jack shit about early childhood. Yeah, like the majority of these people were teaching if they were teaching at an element at an upper elementary level or a mid elementary level, very few kindergarten teachers, pre-K teachers, first grade teachers go to those sort of administrative positions. I, I don't know why that is, but I'm sure someone could write a really cool paper about it. Um, so there is a good chance that people literally do not know that children need more recess. Like they, they, 
they don't know so they don't know so much about early childhood. So you could be the person that actually gives them this information that you know they're they've been focused on fourth grade, fifth grade, all of these standardized tests. This has never crossed their mind. So don't discount the idea that they literally might not know. So Sam, what do you think the uh, the chances are that uh, three years from now, Larissa is uh, president of the local uh, school board? I think it depends on where in Texas she is. Yeah, she I listened think, to yeah, this. She listened to this episode, and that sparked something. And then she's president of the school board. Um, that's what I'm looking you forward have to. Have served on the school board to then be president, or can you just be president of it? I like, think that's I different know. from district to district. I think sometimes maybe it's. Yeah, sometimes maybe it's a position you run for, and it's sometimes it's a position you're elected to by the other board members. It's a it's a complicated world out there. Uh, hey, Larissa, thanks for calling because we got really two episodes out of your call, Larissa. That's uh, you're great, that's, Larissa. Look, that that just makes life easier for us. Um, all of you listeners, we love you all, but some of you, Larissa, you Sarah, more. Jessica, Harmony, Pam, Larissa, Debbie, uh, we we love you just a tiny, tiny little bit more. If you wanna you wanna get that extra extra helping of love, call two two eight or text two two eight three six three six seven three seven with your early learning question, your 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 uh, housekeeping tip question, your your love and romance question. I, oh, um, call us with those. If you if you want a drunk dial, the us. hot goth in your neighborhood. Sure. Let us know. Sure. Let us know the staff room drama. I love petty drama so much. Yeah, yeah. You got any drama? You got you got feelings about waffles or donuts or or flushing bacteria or anything? Share them with all, us. Oh, really? This is childcare bar and grill, not childcare lecture hall. So anything goes. Anything goes. This has been the Childcare Bar and Girl Podcast. Back soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.